Once again, welcome back to Vox Pop, WAMC's live afternoon call-in talk show. I'm Sarah LaDuke, taking over Studio A for Ray Graff this afternoon. Today on Food Friday, we're going to talk baking with Chef Gail Sokol. Gail is a chef, educator, and author. She was a faculty member for years at Schenectady Community College and the Sage Colleges in Troy. She's the author of the widely used textbook entitled About Professional Baking and a cookbook, Baking with Success. She's a lovely podcast called Baking Radio and is the star of an ever-expanding catalog of baking how-to videos on YouTube. Today, Gail will teach us about the pâte à choux, or choux pastry. Gail... Welcome back. Thank Hi, you for being nice here. Nice to meet you. It's great good to, to meet be, you. Good to be here. The number to call is 800-348-2551. That's 1-800-348-2551. You can also email us at voxpop at wamc.org. How's the YouTube business, Gail? Oh, my goodness. It's taken off. I'm having so much fun inviting people into my kitchen. I love it. So um, I just have, right currently, I have 10,100 subscribers. Incredible. So I did the happy dance. Yeah, that's a big number. Oh, my goodness. I'm so thrilled. And uh, over a million uh, I think it's 1.1 million views. That's a lot of views. And that's awesome. And I do probably uh, one, at least one video a week. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, and that is where I'm actually giving my emphasis. Um, for the remainder of my, it feels like the remainder of my life. I love it, but I hear from people all over the world, Sarah. Yeah. I just heard from somebody from Canada, Malaysia, um, all Egypt, everywhere, all over the country and the world. It's so exciting. How do you decide what recipe you will make for any given video? You know what? It sort of varies. I'm a chocoholic, I have to admit. So I love chocolate. So I'm always trying to do something like that. I love to do yeast spreads, sourdoughs. Um, I do a little bit of everything. Uh, and whatever is trending, I'll look it up. Whatever I might have a yen for, I'll say, hey, I haven't done this in a while. Why don't I try? And then put a twist on it. Uh, so that that's where I'm at right now. Right now, um, I'm about, I just released a video with an oven dolce de leche, mm. which you can purchase in a jar, uh, but it's so much more fun to, to make it. And it takes like an hour and a half and it's mostly hands-free. It's in the oven. So it's done with sweetened condensed milk. You pour it into a pan. Uh, you put it in a larger pan and make a bain-marie, which is just like a warm water bath. Okay. And you put it in the oven for about an hour and a half and it comes out like a dolce de leche that's to die for. Incredible. Exquisite. And then I, I'm going to be using it over the next couple of weeks in different recipes. Awesome. So, so uh, the, yeah, stay the tuned. One recipe supplies the next. Exactly. And they build on each other. So I, I have over, it's probably close to 410 uh, videos right now. Awesome. So, and building. <laughs> the focus of today you've assigned... Of course, people can call about anything, 800-348-2551. But you wanted to illuminate us about pâte à choux or choux pastry. What, how did you land on this for right I now? I did. Well, it's a fun thing to do for Valentine's Day. And I'm always into Valentine's Day because it's my birthday. And Happy I think, birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And I always felt when I was a little girl... Everyone, the whole world was celebrating my birthday. Sure. Um, even though obviously they were not. It just felt very cool. I don't know if that can be proven. <laughs> I'm not sure either. And I don't know if I want to prove it. Um, so pet is so easy and so versatile. 
Uh, someone could listen today and say, ooh, I, you know, have a great, a great uh, boyfriend or I'm trying to get a proposal or a girlfriend or, you know, a significant other. And I want something fun to make for the day or the evening of Valentine's Day. And it's so easy. It isn't even funny how we you can make it on the top of the stove, the dough. And then you bake it. And it can be made in many different shapes. I did eclairs. Yes, you did. But patachou in French means cabbage paste. And there is no cabbage in this whatsoever. But it's French. And leave it to the French to say things so beautifully. And, uh, you know, they, they can insult you. You would never know what it means. <laughs> right. But it sounds lovely. Um, so patachou is steam leavened. There is no chemical leaveners in it. There's no baking powder, no baking soda, no yeast. Uh, it's just water in the base of the dough, eggs, flour, and basically butter, and that's it. So on the top of the stove, you just get water and butter to a rolling boil, take it off the heat, dump in some flour, and I don't mean dump it, but put it in. Mm-hmm. I've with, never I've never done anything with flour other than what could be called dumping it and into well, something. That, it explodes and, everywhere. I'm bad at kitchen. That is fine. <laughs> and I use a, a wooden spoon because it's a lot easier to bring it together. And the first time I made it, I said, uh-oh, I screwed up because it looks like mashed potatoes. Uh-huh. And if you used a whisk, though, everything would get stuck in the whisk. So if you sort of you know, move it around with the wooden spoon, it looks like this ball of mashed potatoes. Um, And that is exactly what it should look like. And then you keep it on the stove for like a minute just to cook the starchiness out of the flour. Okay. Um, And then I put it into um, a pastry bag with a very large opening. You could make crullers out of this. You could make, like I said, eclairs. You could just use a spoon and a rubber spatula to put your dough down on a parchment-lined sheet pan. Uh, It needs a very hot oven. Mm -hmm. 425 degrees is what I, uh, Fahrenheit is what I bake these at. Um, You must not look in the oven. You must not crack the oven open. Okay. And and that is, I am very vehement about that. If someone says to me, well, my patachou didn't rise. I'm like, the first thing, did you open the oven? Well, yeah, I just wanted to take a look. Forget it. No looking. <laughs> okay. If you have a window, you can take a peek, Everybody but that's Everybody knows it. a watched patachou doesn't rise. It will not rise because you're actually completely destroying the steam. The steam will escape. Okay. So 425, hot oven, hot, you know, in, in your oven, just... Preheat it for like 15, 20 minutes, put those in, leave them for 15 minutes, and then turn the oven down to 350 degrees Fahrenheit and leave them in for another 15. Do not open the oven the entire time. And oh my gosh, they will grow. Steam is a very powerful leavening agent. Things will just puff. It's amazing. And you, and they come out nice and golden brown. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people poke a hole in uh, their patachou, whether it's a cream puff, eclair, whatever it is. I usually don't. And then you can let it dry out for another 5, 10 minutes in the oven. If you want to, you can. I usually don't do that. But what's wonderful about patachou is if you look inside, there's like a cavity. And it's a little eggy in there which is wonderful. Uh, and you, you notice that the flour absorbs all the water when you make the dough. So you got that stored in there. And then you add eggs one at a time to that mashed potatoy dough. Mm-hmm. And the more eggs you add, as long as the dough can hold its shape, 
that's what's going to get the height and the stability because eggs provide structure and they also help rise in the oven. So the egg proteins, once the steam works and they grow super tall, the egg proteins snap inside and thereby creating this little cavity. So it's so much fun because this is like eggy thing in there, almost like I call it noodle dough. It it, it looks like noodle. So you scrape a little bit out after you cut it in half uh, before you you fill your patashu with whatever you're going to fill it with, sweet or savory, uh, and you can eat it. Definitely. You scrape it out with a fork uh, as much as you can without, you know, creating a shell. Right. Uh, so you have room to put your pastry cream in or whatever, uh, or mousse. And I eat that because it's so good. You know, it's just a yummy little tidbit sure. that comes from the inside. And then you're ready to fill them. It's so, it's really easy. You do make it sound easy. Oh, it's so easy. It's <laughs> so easy. Anybody can do it. And a rock could do it. I'm serious. <laughs> I don't know. Rocks are known for opening the oven when they're not supposed to. Well, I don't, I don't say that lightly, but I think anybody can do these. I really do. The number to call to speak with Chef Gail Sokol is 800-348-2551, 1-800-348-2551. She has brought in a beautiful padashu raspberry mousse eclair, and we're going to talk about the mousse after we take this break. Welcome back to Vox Pop. It's Food Friday. I'm Sarah Ladukin for Ray Graf in studio with Chef Gail Sokol, speaking specifically about patashu, which I uh, wanted to share my my initial introduction to that word was I was watching the Great British Baking Show with my husband and they kept saying shoe pastry. And we were like, what are they saying? Shoe pastry. What do they mean? <laughs> shoe pastry. So we Googled it and it was like, oh, it's C-H-O-U-X. So right. lest we're leaving anybody Thankfully, behind. Thankfully, it's not S-H-O-E. Right. It's, it's <laughs> That would be a little tough. Or shoe pastry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Rubber, leather, not what we're talking <laughs> about baking with today. Although, you know, far be it from us to exactly. yuck the, anyone's yum. <laughs> those Brits are really creative. Who knows what they can do with shoes. Tell me more about the eclairs you brought in today, please. Okay. So the inside is really what whatever you put inside the shoe uh, or the patashu or the eclair or whatever you're making, profiterole, which are just tiny little rounds. You can put ice cream inside of those and then pile them in a dessert glass with uh, ganache or ch- you know chocolate sauce, whatever you want. Um, I've had those and I've made those and they're amazing. Um, but I, today I thought because of Valentine's Day, I would do a raspberry mousse. So I started out, instead of just mixing whipped cream, let's say, with jam, I actually made a curd, a raspberry curd, um, which is C-U-R-D. Mm-hmm. It's just a custard that's egg-based. Um, and I used frozen raspberries because I didn't want to waste beautiful, fresh raspberries for something that's just going to be pulverized in the blender. So I... I Heated those up with some sugar and lemon juice. Uh, I also bloomed some gelatin with some water to get it ready. Uh, so it got a little rubbery, you know, looking when it absorbs the water. You mm-hmm. always want to add a cool liquid to your gelatin. And then I pureed the raspberries, poured them back into the, a clean saucepan, and then I added two egg yolks and I added some sugar a little bit more sugar, and 
cooked it with a little water until it coated the back of a spoon. Okay. Now, you can do it by temperature. You don't want to bring it to a boil, but most curds will go to about 180 degrees Fahrenheit, and then you just want to get them off the heat. But your saving grace is you're going to put it through a sieve. Because eggs love to coagulate. They just do that. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> they love it. They love to come together and join. And the proteins join together. And that's what, um, you know, the coagulation is. If you go one step further, it's called curdling. Right. <laughs> and it's no fun. Usually not what you're looking for. Exactly. So you want to put it through a sieve before it gets to that point. And you always catch a little egg protein. Um, so you get that beautiful ruby red color. And then I chilled that once I put my gelatin, my bloomed gelatin, into the hot curd. It melted right down because you have to re reconstitute your gelatin and melt it down. Uh, and if sometimes uh, a lot of people don't know how to use gelatin. So you have to bloom it in some cool water, let it sort of sit there for about five minutes so it's, it's almost like jellied. And then you have to melt it down in something warm. And this is the perfect ingredient. It's already hot. So why not? And then I poured it into a bowl and I put a piece of plastic wrap directly on the surface of the curd because you don't want any uh, coagulation from air to get a skin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, although I know people that love the skin on puddings and things like that. Right. Uh, I did as a little girl. But if you're, you're going to use it for something else, you want to maintain uh, a really nice uh, surface. So then I put it in my refrigerator and I just left it for several hours until it firmed up and let the gelatin do its job. And then I beat two and a half cups of cold whipped cream or heavy cream, uh, added about a half a cup of confectioner's sugar and a hint of pure vanilla extract. That's what makes perfect whipped cream. Took that out of my mixing bowl, put it into a bigger bowl, and I folded together the curd with the whipped cream, and you have mousse. It's delicious, Voila. too. It's so, so it's bright. It's wonderful. It's, it's bright. and bright. And, you know, you're not... It, you just get that beautiful raspberry flavor. It's not too sweet. It's not too tart. Uh, I really, really tried to get the perfect amount of sweetness without making it cloying, because mm -hmm. uh, sometimes things like that can be overpowering. So it worked well. I took another pastry bag, and I cut... Each uh, eclair in half crosswise. You can also inject them if you have an injector. Um, I have an injector and you can like push through right. uh, with a pastry bag into each one. Uh, sometimes they explode. If you over <laughs> overfill, I've done that. Seems like an adventure. <laughs> but I wanted to see the mousse. Yeah. I wanted to see the color. So I wanted to see that pale pink for Valentine's Day. So I just piped a few rows of cream. Of the mousse, and then I put the top on, but I also dipped it first in ganache, warm ganache. Uh, and there's a balance. You don't want the ganache too warm because you don't want to melt down the mousse, uh, but you want it fluid so you can dip it in. And then you put it on the top, and then I took some red chocolate, uh, you know, those candy melt things. And I just, and sometimes I make hearts. On my video, I actually made hearts. Uh -huh. uh, and that's easy to do. You just put li three little dots and then take a toothpick and go through the dots, and it will turn into a heart. Try it. It really turns <laughs> like into a heart. I'm having a hard time envisioning no, 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 it, no, but it, I believe you. It, real, it works. So you just take a, go above the circle of uh, sauce, go through with a toothpick. It's got to be fluid. And if you pull through, it just forms a okay. heart. It's it's really nice. It's very easy to do. 
so festive. you know you can sort of judge things up a little yeah, bit without putting a lot of investment into it but it looks like a million bucks <laughs> and then you put them in the fridge and then and then you, you eat, eat them, them. <laughs> 1-800-348-2551 1-800-34-TALK-1 to speak with Chef Gail Sokol we do have people on the phone this is Joan in Schenectady hello Joan Hello, Joe. Uh, jo- no, I'm Joan. You're Joan. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> Hello. I was just enjoying your voices so much oh. that I was kind of daydreaming. I understand. Uh, anyway, um, great timing. I was looking. Um, I'm looking for something. I think Gail. Yes. A, a trick that you had given to Ray last time we all spoke. But in terms of today's show, you must have been reading my mind. My question was going to be about. Um, Easy way to start when you're a timid baker, and that sounded really easy. I love the the steam leavening. Um, now I wanted to ask you specifically about, like, if I did want to train myself to not be afraid of the yeast monster as it grows, what do you recommend for your first go? Like, rolls instead of loaves or what? Okay, so you're talking yeast baking, right? Right. Okay. Um, but again, I love everything you've talked about with the uh, steam leavening. I think I got it. And I was writing as quickly as I could. So it's I posted think I on our website there. too, so you can check it out on yeah. our website. Oh, and there. that's the other thing. I'm I'm the webless one. Oh, right. Of course. I'm sorry. Um, not of course, just who I am. <laughs> so anyways, uh, what's a, an easy beginner's project for, for becoming less timid with yeast? Okay. I think that it would be fun. The first thing you want to really do, and I I used to do this with my young bakers, make a pizza dough. Super easy, Joan. Make a pizza dough. Yeah. And And useful. And and you can eat it for dinner. And if it doesn't look perfect and it's not perfectly round or it looks like the shape of Texas, don't worry about it. You can eat it. Um, and it's delicious. And you can actually control whether you like a uh, chewy crust. You can make it a little thicker, almost like a focaccia. Uh, or you can make it a lot thinner okay. by rolling it out. But that would be uh, the best, probably, um, least investment that you can do. And then you might want to go to a white bread recipe or a roll. Uh, like something like a hard roll, okay. that might be fun too. But a pizza is probably Ooh. the way I would start. I like this. That was that's a brilliant thought. Um, my my request, if it was you, Gail, um, I think uh, Ray was was uh, were, uh, was dealing with peanut butter jars in the sink, and it might have been you that gave a great tip. Um, I guess they're calling them hacks now, for how to easily clean a peanut butter out of a jar. Gail is shaking her head. I'm not sure if that was me, but um, I I tell you what I do. I I put like a a small rubber spatula inside, scrape out as much Uh as I can, and then I put the jar under (laughs) under hot water. So eat your way out of it. Yeah. Oh, I eat that. That thing is, is practically spotless before it goes near the sink. I love my peanut butter. That's right. <laughs> Thanks so much. Oh, Thank you're you, welcome. Joan. Good luck. Have a great day. 
1-800-348-2551. You can also email us, foxpop at wamc.org. Let's go now to Eric. Hello, Eric. Hi. Hi. Thanks Hi. for taking my call. You got it. I have a, a related question about yeast. Uh, I'm an experienced cake and pie baker, but not an experienced baker with yeast. And my house, I have a great kitchen, but it tends to be quite cold. Um, and the first thing I tried were cardamom rolls. They didn't turn out bad, but the yeast just didn't rise enough. Um, I have a little warmer thing that goes under the bowl, but I guess I'm wondering, can I use an oven in some way, or what do you recommend in a cold kitchen to help that Okay. I join you in that cold kitchen, Eric. I I have a cold kitchen myself. Now, I have a few tips for you. First of all, I want to ask you, are you using active dry yeast or instant active? Are you using fast rising? Well, that was my next next question. I don't know the difference. Okay. I think give us the tips for both kinds. Okay. Um, Active dry... I don't like to use anymore because you have to proof it first, meaning you have to put it into some warm water, about 110 degree water uh, with like a pinch of sugar or honey uh, and just let it sit to prove it's alive and you like to see it bubble so it's undergoing some fermentation because yeast are microscopic living organisms. So if you use fast rising, also known as instant active yeast, you don't have to do that at all. You can just mix that warm water with your other ingredients. The flour and the yeast can be blended together. The yeast is finer. Uh, The particles of the yeast are finer. um, And they will, you know, incorporate right in with the dry ingredients. And it just makes a beautiful dough. Fast rising means it might be a little bit more active. I call it the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeast because it (laughs) gives a little more pow for uh, for the amount of uh, yeast granules that you have. Um, they produce a lot more carbon dioxide than regular active dry. So what I recommend is if you don't have a proofing setting, some, some ovens have a proof setting, oven proof setting for pizza or whatever. They call it, you know, pizza proofing or just proofing in your oven. And I assume you don't, correct? No. Okay. No, okay. That's okay. Um, you can put the oven on a very low temperature. But the other thing I'd recommend is because once you mix your dough and you knead it before you put it into your large bowl, you know, I spray a large bowl, I put my dough in, flip it over so the grease side is up, cover it real tight. Inside that dough, you've already used some hot, you know, warm water about 110 degrees. So the yeast is already percolating and alive and beginning to undergo fermentation. So if you create your own proof box, um, you can continue the heating of this and the fermentation will continue. So take a standard uh, kitchen garbage bag, a tall kitchen garbage bag. Okay, you with me? Okay, so not a garbage bag, but a tall kitchen garbage bag. And you shake it out so it's like really, really open, okay? And then once you cut, you want to cover your bowl with plastic wrap. And then you put this bowl, your, your bowl, it's known as bulk fermentation. Put that, 
put your garbage bag over the bowl, all right? So the bowl is inside. And then before, don't let all the air out. Keep the air in there. And then twist tie the bottom before any air leaves. And you will maintain some warmth in there. And you will be creating your own little proof box. Um, Try to go somewhere that's a little bit warmer than the kitchen, maybe a closet and do that, uh, or maybe near a, a heater and do that without putting it directly on a radiator or a, he- or, a heat- or a heating duct or whatever. Put it nearby, and that will help everything sort of, you know, proof better. Uh, the yeast will be happier, and you may want to give it a little extra instead of just, you know, having it rise for about an hour. You may need an hour and a half because you do have a cold environment. But that's one, that's a trick that I learned years ago to do, to make your own proof box when you have a cold environment. That sounds great. And say again, the kind of yeast, it's uh, fast rising? It's called fast rising or instant active. And it's right next to, in the baking section, it's right next to uh, the active dry. Just make sure you read the label a couple of times because sometimes you can end up buying the wrong one. Uh, But there's a few brands, depending on where you go. Uh, They used to be stored in the refrigerator section, which is really where yeast should be stored because it uh, can stay alive a lot longer. I keep my yeast in the refrigerator. That will also maintain uh, its longevity. And you never want to use it past its expiration date. Get rid of it if it's old. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck. Thank you for your call, Eric. Have a great day. And I'll try the pate chou, too. Sounds great. (laughs) Good, good. Pate chou. Pate chou. Pate chou away. (laughs) 1-800-348-2551. We are in studio with Gail Sokol talking about baking, a lot of yeast questions. We do have a question about sugar in the email, but first I want to mention that the WAMC locked box is open. I should have mentioned that at the beginning of the show. You can pledge anytime online at WAMC.org. We are trying to raise the money toward our goal, which is a $1.25 million goal this time, and anything that we get in the lockbox before the drive starts on the 20th will shorten the full drive. So if you are listening and it is within your budget to give, please do. WAMC.org is a safe place to pledge. It's quick and easy. Ready for a question from the email, sure. Gail? Awesome. Matt says, Domino makes a golden sugar, which I understand is less processed than their white sugar. I'm wondering what its uses are or if there are any pros and cons for using it in baking. I have I have seen it. I have not used it before. Um, it's probably, if it's a little less processed, it probably has a little molasses still in it. Similar to brown sugar, but not quite there. So it's between granulated and brown sugar. You could probably use it interchangeably with granulated. Any recipe that asks for granulated, you could probably use it. Uh, might have a slightly different color if you're making, let's say, sugar cookies. They may be slightly tan looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't see a, a difference, really. Uh, I, I, I've never used it, so I can't really tell you from personal experience. But that's what I'm guessing, that it's slightly less processed with a tiny bit of molasses still in there. The pate in front of me, the eclair that you brought in, you mentioned that it was had a chocolate ganache on it. Did you make 
How do you make the ganache? Yes. You dare to ask if I made it? Of course <laughs> I I almost it. dared, and then I didn't dare, and I said, how do you make it? <laughs> once, I, once I actually went somewhere and I had bought something, and nobody believed I bought it. So it's, you know, sometimes it's hard not to lie or lie. So ganache is super easy. It's just heavy cream and chocolate. And I use chocolate chips. You can use high-quality chocolate chips. It can be anything from Nestle's, uh, Baker's, Ghirardelli, Lint, whatever you want to use. Um, you want to have a high cocoa butter content. So, you, you know, just look, you want a high quality. So I usually bring my cream, however much I use. So um, if I wanted to, let's say, cover a cake uh, and frost it, ganache is very versatile. You could make truffles with it, the candy. You could make a frosting with it, or you can make a dipping glaze like we did for uh, the eclairs. So I start out with about a cup of heavy cream. When you go to the website, this does not use a cup. This uses half a cup because okay. it makes a smaller amount. But I'm just giving you a general ganache recipe that anybody can use. It has been in my repertoire. I follow it like the Bible, this recipe. So one cup of heavy cream to two cups of chopped chocolate, uh, semi-sweet or bittersweet. Do not want to use unsweetened. You will be most unhappy with the results. And what I do is I put the heavy cream in a saucepan, a heavy saucepan, bring it to a boil. Do not leave that pot because cream has water in it and it can overflow all over your stove. And then I'm going to get hate mail that people have to clean up their, their cooktops and they're not going to like it. It's quite messy when it's that happens. It's very messy. Yes. Uh, so you, you bring that to a simmer, like just under the boil or to the boil. Take it off the heat quickly Add your chocolate and gently whisk until it's beautiful and silky and melted. And that's your ganache. Sometimes you can add a little corn syrup. In this particular recipe, I added a little corn syrup for shine. <laughs> Just a little shine, you know? Like the little black dress, you know, a little something mm -hmm. extra. Mm -hmm. So that, so if you want a, a ganache that shines a little, uh, you can add a little bit of corn syrup, like a tablespoon. That's it. Sometimes you can add a little liqueur if you would like to add a little something extra. Uh, and, and some people will put a little butter or sugar in. I don't think it's necessary. I think the ganache speaks for itself. 1-800-348-2551. 1-800-348-2551. Gail Sokol is here to take your baking questions. Please do give us a call and help us round out this week in a delightful fashion with your questions and her expertise. We'll be right back after this break. It's Food Friday on Vox Pop. I'm Sarah LaDuke in for Ray Graff. Chef Gail Sokol is here discussing all things baking, but specifically today for the Valentine's holiday, patachou and the delicious things that you can make with that specific kind of pastry. The phone number is 800-348-2551. That's 1-800-348-2551. Or you can email us at voxpop at wamc.org. I'm keeping my eye on that inbox as well. Multitasking like a star in here. Um, Chef Gail, what else can you make with patachou? We've mostly discussed eclairs. Well, there's... I. There's something very interesting, and I my grandfather was Polish, so there's a Polish pastry called karpatka, which I had never heard of before. And it's cream, I mean, it, cream puffs, when you think about it, patachou, is French. So, you know, uh, the, the Polish people love to make this. It's two layers of patachou um, that is almost done like a cake. 
like in a spring form pan or a cake pan. And I don't know if any of the listeners out there have heard of this. So you make one cream, like a giant cream puff, mm-hmm. like a cream puff of all cream puffs. Sounds good. And then you put a filling in like a custard cream, uh, pastry cream, This, uh, which is a little different than what I made. Yeah, you made a mousse. I made a mousse. So, so different than a like a pudding or a, a pastry cream. Right. And they put that together almost like a sandwich cookie. And then they chill it and, and cut it. And it cut sounds... it like a cake? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll take 10. one 800 Sounds delicious. So that's one thing. So that's one thing. You can also make French crueler donuts. Yeah. So the donuts, they're actually from Patachou. Who would have thought? Uh, you can make profiteroles. We talked about those little tiny ones. I like to fill them with like tiny scoops of ice cream, mm-hmm. uh, split them in half, and then just pile them. You can make them ahead and freeze them. Uh, then when you're you're ready for dessert, you can wow your guests. People will, I mean, they'll be wowed. Jaws will drop. Jaws will drop. Making room for the You may need an in. emergency dentist appointment <laughs> to fix that jaw. Unbelievable. Um, you can also make croquembouche. And I had mentioned this to you in the break that on my cover of my textbook, I have a croquembouche because that is something that I enjoy enjoyed making. And you make a pile of small cream puffs. You put custard in them. It could also be whipped cream. Mm-hmm. And you that's the fun part. You pile them on, on a uh, serving platter and they've got to go up like almost like a pyramid. Right. And the only thing holding them together is caramel. So you've got to get the caramel. And you make the, the caramel from, from a homemade caramel. And you actually have to put it together just before the sugar hardens. Okay. And then you drizzle, drizzle, drizzle. And then you crack it open in order to break them apart and serve them. And croquembouche in French means crunch in the mouth. So it's fun. My friend Kelly, whose wedding I officiated actually, on 11, 11, oh, 11, cool. had a croquembouche, excuse me, <clears throat> instead of a wedding cake. Her wedding cake was a croquembouche. Very. And that it, was the first time oh, I ever heard of it. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, no, it's they're so impressive. And you only needed one? You didn't need several? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Small guest list. Well, it was, it was, there were more than more than one dessert. But okay, like, okay. So there was like the groom cake so that something was something else. Like, and, yeah, yeah. That, the real like, the wow, yeah, yeah. the wow showpiece. Because she's not a cake person okay so why not a, it, a you do it you do like. your wedding your way yeah. you know what i mean yes and indeed. the other thing is gouziers which are cheese puffs okay um they are patachou i'm, tri- I'm triple on board Go so ahead. instead of you can pipe them out into little balls or you can just take a little spoon but you put shredded cheese uh it could be really any type of cheese you want drool on um, the microphone. but when they bake you got to serve them immediately. They are awesome. And when you serve them, there will be none left. There will be none left. And it's good because they're not great the next day. Okay. So it's perfect to serve them immediately. And if you say, I have cheese puffs, hot cheese puffs, your guests, <laughs> doesn't matter how many guests you have. They'll just be like, move out of the way. <laughs> and they may have to fight each other because it's going to be. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be something. And, you know. We'll need to make a lottery system. Exactly. And, you know. They're playing football on Sunday, so hey, Gouziers, and I have a great recipe on my website, so if you want to get cheese puffs, this is the thing to make. Super easy. Chef Gail Sokol is here. The phone number to call with your baking questions is 800-348-2551, 1-800-348-2551, and we go to Donna in Boston Lake. Hello, Donna. 
Hello. Hi. What do you got for us? So I would, I would like to take uh, Gail back to the yeast storage. Okay. Topic. Okay. Um, I um, have typically been buying a pound of yeast. And I um, put some in my freezer and some in my fridge. Okay, good. And you mentioned that you throw, you should throw out the yeast uh, when it reaches the expiration date. Well, I've not done that because uh, it's been in the freezer, and I figured that that stopped everything. Right. It it doesn't. <laughs> it well, it won't. It doesn't stop it. It just slows it down a lot. So even if we put fruit food in the freezer, we don't stop the you know degeneration of the food. It will you know slowly get freezer burn or whatever, and you can't leave it in there for years and years and years. But it will slow it down. So and it also slows down bacterial growth, etc. But your yeast, if you're taking, are you using that up on in a timely manner? You must be doing a lot of baking, Donna. Oh, I bake more than I ought to because I. Um, <laughs> Good for you. I, I give it away. It's fun. Sure, I, you yeah. do. I, I bake a lot of bread. Okay. Oh, Ooh. I I know. I love it. Oh, great. That's great. That sounds wonderful. So you do use it. How often do you go through a pound? You know, I can't really tell you. I would have to go to the freezer and look and see. <laughs> I usually date when I opened the package. Okay. Um, okay. Good idea. I have, never yeah. thrown, I have never thrown out what was in the freezer. Okay. And it always is lively when you uh, go to put it in a dough. It rises nicely? Seems to me that it does, yes. Okay. Is it active dry or, in, or fast rising? No, it's instant. Instant. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. No, you know what? You're doing it right. You're you're storing it properly. If it was in your cupboard, I would worry. But if you're refrigerating no. and freezing, the refrigerator one, you do want to, you know, whatever's in there, use up first, obviously, before you go to the freezer. And I think that's what you're doing. You sound like a real bread that's, pro. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm okay. putting a, a small jar in the fridge. Okay. And then when I run out of that, I go to the freezer and get more. Excellent. But the, what goes into the freezer goes there uh, upon arrival of the, the original package and upon opening it. Okay. And usually that's about, the expiration is usually like a year away. Um, so you have a lot of leeway. Well, it sounds like, it sounds like you're, doing, you're doing a great job and uh, you're getting breads that have a great outcome and they're rising beautifully. So, hey, you know, keep on. You, you, you rock, woman. You're doing good, very well. Donna, I have one more question. How do we get on this bread giveaway list? Oh, <laughs> uh, I see. I see. Um, no, 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 I'm kidding. Definitely. What? You don't definitely need to give us bread. Well, Don, Donna, what type of bread do you make? Do you make uh, sourdough? Do you make regular white bread? What do you make? I've been using a wet dough um, refrigerator Okay. Um, technique. That uh, was first. Let's see. I'm looking at my book, Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day. Jeff Herzog and Zoe Francois. Okay, so you're so you're putting your dough in and leaving, letting it uh, letting it sort of retard in the refrigerator overnight before you bake it. I do. They say okay. that you can bake right away. I have never done that. I have always um, I'll, uh, do a batch. And uh, put it in the fridge overnight and 
don't make a, bake any bread until at least the next day. And you can also bake from that, I'm going to call it a pot of dough, um, okay. up to 10 days. Okay. I don't let it go that long. All right. And you know what? I bet you get great flavor because although it's not, it's not a true sourdough, it's not a, you know, it's not really a, a poolish, you're aging that dough a little bit. You're, you're That's actually right. giving it some uh, interest and creating some more creative uh, chemical compounds than would normally be there if you just baked it straight out. Right, which is why I really like the breads best that come out, say, after the fr- the dough has been in the fridge for maybe three, four days. Okay. Oh, I bet they're delicious. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of different things happening in that dough. It sounds like you're doing a good job. Well, thank you, <laughs> Sarah. You're first on the list for the giveaway. Oh no, no, no! Please, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure second. You, I'm, I'm second. sure you have closer personal <laughs> friends that you should distribute your wares to. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> Donna, thanks for calling and, and, you know, go forth in good bread. Yeah, keep going, Donna. <laughs> you rock. Thank uh, you both. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 1-800-348-2551. 1-800-348-2551 or voxpop at org. You mentioned your birthday is on Valentine's Day. Yeah, That's the middle yeah, of next yeah. week. Yeah. Do you are you going to make your own treats or will the spouse show up in um, some way? Well, the spouse uh, would try to bake, but I may not want to eat it. So <laughs> I I might you know make make something, and I I have my eye on something that may be a future video. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. All I all I will tell you is it's got chocolate in it. Uh, because I'm there. It, you know what? If I see a brownie recipe anywhere, anywhere, it could be the newspaper, uh, one of my, you know, periodicals, uh, you know, baking periodicals, whatever, I'm like, I have to try it. I have to, I can't sleep until I try it because <laughs> really? I am a brownie aficionado. Okay. I, lo- I must live to try to bake brownies. And I love chocolate cake. I love chocolate cake too. So um, it's, it's tough. You are always striving for, the, and just when I think I've got the best one, you know, sometimes new ones just don't cut the mustard. They really don't. You do go back you, to where you were. Do you do nuts in your brownies? Do you prefer? I do. Okay. And I prefer walnuts. That's what Barbara Streisand likes. Oh, does she yes, really? Babs? I'm, I'm obsessed with her memoir, <laughs> okay, which I, okay. which is when I finished it, I wanted to start I've, it over again. And she writes a lot about she the d- food she enjoys. Yeah, yeah. Well, she and, write, She. I read an excerpt on it and it looks so good. She looks says, so good. Um, if I get brownies without wal, and I did listen to the audiobook, so the impression will be very light. But if I get, I, who would want brownies without walnuts? If I ever get brownies without walnuts, I get a big bag of walnuts and <laughs> stuff them in every bite. Yeah, I'm with her. And you know what? I saw a famous chef in his big textbook uh, actually put, this is heresy, raisins in his brownies. And I think his students like almost walked out That's on That's not for me. That's not for me either. That's not for me. No, 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 no. Raisins do not belong in a brownie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's do a speed round of email questions if okay. we can. Uh, this is from Kay. Hello, I recently got a new oven after having an oven that was probably 30 years old. The new oven has many settings, including something called steam bake. What is this and when would one use this fu- function, if at all? Okay, so steam baking would be for bread where you would like to create a crust. So it's not going to be for soft rolls or um, something that's going to be like a white bread. You would want to do this for, let's say, a sourdough. You'd want to do this where you want some, 
like a crust on top, like a firm crust on top. And what I do is I don't have that particular function on my oven, so I'm a little jealous. <laughs> but I take a sprayer uh, that I fill with water. And I spray my oven three times within the first five minutes of baking. So the steamer would go on in the beginning. She can also, you know, look it up uh, and do some research. But it would go on in the beginning for a few minutes. And then you want to turn the steam off. What you're doing is you're staving off the dough from forming a crust. So you're keeping it moist. So it rises and rises. And the oven, the uh, yeast has what's known as its swan song. It's called um, oven rise. And it's basically its last bit of rising, its last rise, and, and then it kicks the bucket right. and gives you delicious bread. So as it's rising, after it's fully risen, that's when you want that crust to set. So you're actually staving off that process by steaming it. Okay, And then you get that awesome crust. So... Caroline writes in and says, a cup of cream to half a cup of chocolate for the ganache. Is no. that what you said? How do no. you measure the chocolate? Melt it first, or is it four ounces okay. of chocolate? Or, okay. yeah. I did not say that. I said one cup of heavy cream with two cups of chocolate chips. So it's a one to two ratio, and you can multiply that or decrease that any way you want, but you're going to get an awesome uh, ganache. And if you chill it, you can make little truffles. If you want to roll them with a spoon into cocoa powder, you can make awesome truffles. Okay. And then one, our last one that we'll have time for today is, what are your thoughts on bread machines? This from Andrew. Are they worth it? Any bells and whistles that are just gimmicks? What do you think um, about bread machines? I, somebody bought me a bread machine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I kept it in the basement for a while. And, and then I finally said, I got to try it. And I tried it. <coughs> excuse me. And the bread got stuck on the motor, mm. um, which I guess a lot of them, so it was an old bread machine. It got stuck on the motor. It wasn't old at the time. And I always had a hole in the bottom of my bread. The bread tasted okay. Um, and I know some people that have a bread machine just to make the dough and knead it. Forget the bread machine. Use your hands. Knead the dough. Feel your dough. I'm, I'm like anti-bread machine, really. Okay. So you, Do don't, you don't I'm recommend, a, but pe some people swear by them, Some of people, well, if they don't want to knead and go through it and they don't have the time, that's fine. But if you really want to get into bread making, and I love feeling the dough and I love feeling, um, it, it feels so good. It, it, it has a certain feel to it, very, you know, earthy and, and just wonderful. Uh, so, and if people that break, bake bread, they'll know what I mean. We have one more email that is kind of a story, not really a question, okay. but it's good. Uh Robin from Glens Falls says, I was driving when you mentioned making a proofer. A friend of mine bought an old apartment building in the middle of Glens Falls. Radiators heat the place. And on one of the radiators, someone had installed a proofing oven. The mm. building is one of the oldest in the city. And I thought it was very clever. That is cool. That is excellent. Cool. Excellent. A little built in. Yeah. A special, you know, added value. Exactly. For Gail, this has been wonderful. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Your website is linked on our website, but do you want to say it aloud? ChefGailSokol.com. And I am, on, I am also on YouTube, Chef Gail Sokol. Chef Gail Sokol. And Sokol is S-O-K-O-L. Support for Vox Pop comes from River Valley Co-op in Northampton and East Hampton, supporting local farmers and featuring local produce, dairy, meat, and cheese. RiverValley.coop. 
Orthopedic Associates of Dutchess County, Orthopedic and Spine Specialists with Ortho Express Walk-In Centers in Poughkeepsie, Kingston, East Fishkill, and New Windsor. OrthoADC.com to learn more. And Saratoga Restaurant Equipment Sales, 27 years supplying restaurants and commercial kitchen facilities, also offering project design, installation, and repair services. SaratogaSales.com. Thank you to our engineer, Zach Malloy, Barb King, Took Your Calls. I'm Sarah LaDuke in for Ray Graff. Ray will be back on Monday at 2 p.m. for Medical Monday. You can have a great weekend. Maybe take a little time to visit the lockbox at wamc.org. Enjoy the big game if that's your thing. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. <laughs>